You're listening to the Kirk and Tillich Herald, a Cune Review recording service podcast, brought to you by our team of volunteers currently recording from their homes across Scotland. Whether you're listening via the BWBF online players, the telephone app, or our brand new Alexa skill, please phone us on 0141 772 3976 to feedback on what you want us to provide and improve upon. Please also join your family and friends in being our audio ambassadors and share our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram all at QNReview. That's at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. This week's Kirk and Tillican Bishop Big Herald, dated Wednesday the 1st of June 2022. And my name is Ian. Police and road rage appeal. Witness plea after female driver threatened by male motorist. Audi motorist threatens women. Police are appealing for witnesses after a male driver terrorised a female motorist near Kirkintilloch. Officers made the appeal following the terrifying incident which happened on Tuesday, May the 24th. At around 6.30pm, a woman was driving at the Hornhill roundabout of off the M80, roundabout heading towards Kirkintilloch, when a vehicle stopped in front of her. A man jumped out of his grey Audi RS5 and banged on the window of her car, shouting and swearing. He then followed the woman in his vehicle along Initiative Road, Easter Gangaber Road, and then onto Kirkintilloch Road in Lindsay, ending near the Kirkintilloch Police Office. Police said the woman was shaken but unhurt by the incident. Police Constable Adams of Kirkintill Police Station said, We are appealing for anyone who witnessed the incident to come forward. The car in question was a grey Audi RS5. This is a very busy road, so there would have been a lot of drivers around. I would ask anyone in the area around the time of the incident, particularly those with dashcam footage, to contact us. Any small piece of information could assist in our inquiries. Anyone with information is asked to call Police Scotland via 101, quoting incident number 2982 of Tuesday the 24th of May 2022. Alternatively, please call Crime Stoppers on 0800-555-111, where information can be given anonymously. Today, Wednesday the 1st of June, 2022 Sunrise 4.41am Sunset 9.49pm This Week in History June the 1st 1966 Folk fans at the Royal Albert Hall booed Bob Dylan for performing with an electric guitar On this day last year Hillsborough home to the Queen's official residence in Northern Ireland became the first town or village in the region to be given a royal prefix. During the second, 1954, Lester Piggott, at 18, became the youngest jockey to win the Derby when he rode Never Say Die to victory at Epsom. The Colt, a 33-1 outsider, won by two lengths. June 3rd, 1937, the Duke of Windsor, that abdicated King Edward VIII, Married Mrs. Wallace Warfield Simpson in France. On this day last year, 
Twitter finally launched an edit tweet function, but users had to pay for the privilege as part of the social network's premium service. June 4th, 1937. The world's first supermarket trolleys trundled down the grocery aisles. Sylvan Goldman of Oklahoma built his push baskets by filing baskets and wheels to children's chairs. On this day last year, the UK approved the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine for use in children aged 12 to 15. June 5th, 1975. In Britain's first referendum, a large majority voted to stay in the common market. More than 17 million voted yes, and almost 8.5 million voted no. June 6th, 1954. The Eurovision television link-up was inaugurated. Inspiring exhibition. Report by Liz Gallagher. Read and recorded by myself, Ian. Local people are invited to celebrate the lives and works of 20 influential women at a brand new exhibition this summer at the Old Kirk Museum in Kirkintilloch. From Saturday, July the 2nd until Thursday, August the 25th, the museum will host a major must-see art exhibition entitled 20 Historical Women Who Changed the World. Showcasing the bold, colourful, educational and historically inspired works of Nigerian-born Doncaster artist Chinwi Russell, the exhibit gives an insight into the lives of some incredible women from around the globe. It spotlights high-profile figures like Marie Curie, Elizabeth I and Florence Nightingale, as well as some less-known women who have all had a massive impact on the contemporary world and whose legacy continues to this day. The exhibition features Noan Yerawua Vangari Matai, Stephanie Kowalczyk, Dr Mary Maynard Daly, Gertie Corey and many others. Jim Neal, Chair of Eastern Bartonshire Leisure and Cultural Trust said, We are delighted to be hosting this wonderful exhibition in Kirkintilloch, giving the people of Eastern Bartonshire an opportunity to see for themselves the inspirational, thought-provoking and joy-giving work of Chinwee Russell. It takes us on a journey through history, stopping to consider the lasting impact of some truly exceptional women and the impact they had in the world around them in the fields of sciences, education, politics, environment, architecture and so much more. I encourage people to go along and be inspired. The exhibition is accompanied by a publication which goes into some more details about the works and the women who inspired them. Chimney's works were exhibited at the prestigious Royal Academy of Arts Summer Exhibition in 2019 and 2021 and to features and collections by Sachi Art and the Global Arts afterwards. Chimney said, Creating this collection was a deeply emotional process which took over two years. I lived in the minds of these women during that time and they lived in mine. I am privileged to share their stories with you and together Let's marvel at their lives and works. The exhibition runs at the Old Kirk Museum until Thursday, August the 25th. A prize walk. Scotland's walking charity is encouraging outdoor enthusiasts in eastern Martinshire to get involved in a countrywide competition to uncover local gems as part of National Walking Month. 
The contest has been hosted across Pass for All social channels to celebrate National Walking Month and to inspire the public to get outside and walk with entries in with the chance of winning a £500 voucher at Cotswold Outdoor Store. To enter the competition, the charity is looking for people to share a few words with a photo or video of a favourite place to walk in their area, tagging at Paths for All and the hashtag I Love Walking. CEO at Paths for All, Kevin Lafferty, hopes the campaign will create a broad understanding about why people in Scotland love walking. Find out more at www.passforall.org.uk forward slash I Love Walking. Have a say on school uniforms. Local Green MSP Ross Greer has called for young people, parents and carers in Eastern Bartonshire to have their say on new guidance which aims to make school uniforms cheaper. The Scottish Government has launched a consultation on how it will deliver the Greens manifesto proposal to cap the cost of school uniforms. Mr Greer said the proposed guidance will also address the issues of equality such as rules around gender which is resulting in young women and girls paying more for their school uniform than boys. Views are asked from young people and their families, as well as schools, community groups and suppliers. Mr Greer, a member of Par- Parliament's Education Committee, has welcomed the consultation as an opportunity to reduce inequalities in the classroom and to support families facing the cost of living crisis. He said... School uniforms often place huge costs on families due to overly specific policies and too few suppliers, particularly at high school level. This new national guidance is an opportunity to let young people, parents and carers choose good value clothing which meets their school's rules without needing to buy from expensive specialist retailers. This is also an opportunity to promote equality in our classrooms through inclusive guidance from removing unnecessary rules around what each gender should wear to ensuring appropriate options for religious clothing. The consultation runs from May the 19th to October the 14th. Concerts for carers. People who are employed as carers by the NHS or other registered care organisations have the opportunity to win free concert tickets. Concerts for carers it's a charity that offers paid care workers the opportunity to obtain free tickets to live music events across the UK. The aim is to support the mental health and well-being of NHS and care workers after such a difficult period. Eligible services can register and the staff can register and enter ballots for events including at the Ovo Hydro, SEC Armadillo, O2 Academy Glasgow, O2 Academy Edinburgh, Events featured on the charity website include performances by LP, Jacob Collier, Waterparks, Public Image Limited, Jesse Ware, Ed Sheeran, Beck and The Eagles. Winners get free tickets and payments of £4.50 booking fee. Visit www.concertsforcarers.org.uk Area safest in the UK? Report by Liz Gallagher. Eastern Bartonshire is the safest place to live in the UK, according to data from a new study. The study, by financial services website Confused.com, revealed there were just 0.44 burglaries per 1,000 people in the area last year, after analysing police data from across the UK. 
The rate of burglaries in Eastern Bartonshire has dropped by 26.94% each year on average since 2017. The research, which, inv- which investigated burglary rates across the UK from 2017 to 2021, also revealed that the top five safest areas in the UK are all in Scotland, with 0.47 burglaries reported per thousand people last year. Those living in the Highlands are the second least likely to experience a burglary amongst UK residents. Home burglary rates in the area have dropped by 5.33% on average each year since 2017. Aberdeenshire is the third safest region in the UK overall, with 0.50 burglaries per 1,000 people last year. Since 2017, burglaries in the region have dropped by 6.05% each year on average. Stirling is placed fourth with just 0.56 burglaries per thousand people in 2021. The rate of burglaries in Stirling has dropped 18.36% on average each year since 2017. This is the fifth largest drop in Scotland and the seventh largest drop in the home burglaries in the UK overall. In fifth place is Argyll and Butte with 0.58 thefts per thousand people and had 18.96% fewer burglaries last year. Jessica Zalbalik, home insurance expert at Confused.com, said, Although burglary rate seems to be dropping year on year, it is still important to make sure your home is safe. Secure door locks and burglary alarms aren't only a great deterrent from potential thieves, but having them will reduce in home insurance prices. Our guide to protecting your home from burglars outlines some of the most effective ways of keeping your home safe. One of our top recommendations is investing in home security. Nowadays, technology has advanced to give us cheap, easy-to-install smart home devices such as doorbells and automated lights. These will let you know who is lurking outside without you needing to go near the door. Visit www.confused.com slash home hyphen insurance. Class Act for Charity Report by Liz Gallagher Bishop Biggs Academy pupils have raised a phenomenal £15,392 to help young people and their families affected by cancer. The Academy's cap- captaincy team were inspired to fundraise for Young Lives vs Cancer, a leading UK cancer charity for children and young people. This was after they heard about Ma- Marion's House a local home from home in Glasgow, which gives families free accommodation close to their child's hospital. Over the past year, the school team organised a number of events, including a Halloween pumpkin competition, a race to the North Pole and dress down days, as well as encouraging 90 pupils and teachers to take part in the Glasgow Kilt Walk. Claire Kerr, deputy head teacher at the Bishopbrooks Academy, said, the captaincy team have worked incredibly hard this year to raise the profile of Young Lives versus Cancer across the school and we are so proud of what our school community has achieved. It has been so nice to be able to run events again and bring everyone across the school together to help raise funds for such a fantastic charity. We are delighted that the money raised will go towards supporting the brave young people and their families affected by cancer. Last year, in Eastern Bartonshire, Young Lives vs Cancer helped 13 families. They handed out seven financial grants to the value of £1,050, helping families to cope with the cost of cancer. 
The Cancer Course Report from the charity found that families with a child undergoing active treatment spent an extra £600 a month. Carol Jones, Senior Fundraising Manager for South West Scotland at Young Lives vs Cancer said, When cancer strikes young lives, we help families find the strength to face whatever cancer throws at them. We rely entirely on donations to fund our vital work and we can't thank the Bishop Bruce Academy heroes enough for their fantastic efforts. The team have been so dedicated to their fundraising through all their fantastic events. For more info on the charity, visit www.younglivesvscancer.org.uk And that report was by Liz Gallagher. 4,000 take-up free bus travel. Local Green MSP Ross Greer has welcomed the news that 4,146 young people in Eastern Barnes have taken up the opportunity to sign up for V-Bus Travel. The result of work by the Scottish Green Party, free bus travel for everyone under the age of 22 was rolled out earlier this year. The local young people are part of more than 300,000 across Scotland who are now benefiting. Ross Greer, Green MSP for the West of Scotland, said... Hundreds of thousands of young people are already making use of this new Green Party scheme to take a free bus to study, work, have a day out or meet friends and family. The local MSP added, I'm really pleased to see so many here in Eastern Bartonshire now have their bus pass, but there are thousands more who are still eligible. They should go to www.freebus.scot or contact the council on Customer services at easternbarton.gov.uk to sign up. New service to help disabled people. Report by Liz Gallagher. A new support service is available in Eastern Bartonshire to help people who may need support with everyday activities while living at home. Eastern Bartonshire Health and Social Care Partnership, as a member of the Equip You Partnership, is working together with the Disability Living Foundation DLF, to provide guidance and advice. Ask Sarah is a website that takes people through a series of questions to identify if they would benefit from any aids and adaptations. According to the Council, the website is an easy accessible self-management tool that provides information and advice which can aid with independent living. The DLF is part of the Shore Trust and Ask Sarah, that's A-S-K-S-A-R-A, is part of the Living Made Easy website, which provides clear practical advice and information on products and suppliers of daily living equipment. Caroline Sinclair, Chief Officer for the St. Barnshire Health and Social Care Partnership, firmly believes this website will be of benefit. She said, Ask Sarah is an accessible, user-friendly, self-help tool that enables older people and people with disabilities of all ages to identify products that will help them to stay independent in their own homes. It is clearly set out and you can choose to answer questions about your home, your health or daily activities and receive a report with equipment and solutions that may make your life easier. Importantly, it is free to use and available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The Ask Sarah website aims to improve and increase access to equipment and other environmental solutions. It can help people to stay safe, healthy and independent by suggesting solutions that they or their families or carers 
might not have been aware of or thought of before. Alison Doherty, manager for the Equip You Partnership, added, There's a wide variety of equipment solutions available to make life easier for people of all ages. People often don't know what it is they need to help them. This initiative is an example of health and social care services, commitment to support people independently identify their needs and self-manage their conditions wherever possible. For further information, visit the EquipU, that's E-Q-U-I-P-U, ask Sarah, E-S-K, uppercase S-A-R-A, website, where you can find support that may help you. And that report was by Les Gallagher, MP, Johnson must resign, report by Liz Gallagher. Eastern Bartonshire MP Amy Callaghan has renewed her calls for Boris Johnson to resign following the release of the long-awaited Sue Gray report into parties held in Westminster during the Covid pandemic. The report confirms that Boris Johnson and Downing Street staff partied and broke Covid guidelines whilst the rest of the country was in lockdown. Ms Callaghan and the wider SNP group at Westminster have said that Boris Johnson must resign adding to calls from across Parliament for him to go. The local MP has also challenged Scottish Conservative leader Douglas Ross to resubmit his letter of no confidence to the 1922 Backbench Committee or risk losing any remaining credibility. Ms Callaghan said, The recent publication of the Sue Gray report has exposed the lies of this government and confirms what myself and my colleagues have been saying for some time that Boris Johnson is entirely unfit to hold the office of Prime Minister. This report should be the final straw. While the rest of the nation were abiding by the rules and making the necessary sacrifices to keep others safe, Boris Johnson was content to break his own laws by partying during lockdown. He must be held to account for repeatedly lying to the public. The time is well overdue for the Prime Minister to resign. The Scottish Conservatives have now run out of excuses for backing this law-breaking PM. Douglas Ross must now resubmit his letter of no confidence without delay if he is to retain any credibility in Scotland. The actions of Boris Johnson are disgraceful. He has taken the public for fools. It should be clear that his time is up. I would urge Conservatives across the UK to do the decent thing and echo calls for his resignation. At the weekend... Two more Tory MPs revealed they have submitted letters of no confidence in Boris Johnson. Former Health Minister Steve Brown and Nathan Abbott MP Anne-Marie Morris joined the six backbenchers who have publicly called on him to quit as party leader. It is not known just how many Tory MPs have submitted letters. 54 are needed. Campsie Shore returns. The Campsie Shore returns to Bogton Farm Torrance on Saturday June the 4th. A full programme of events is on offer to visitors to the event, organised by Campsie, Strathblane, Baldornock and Kirkintilloch Agricultural Society. From music by Mulgai Pipe Band and Kirkintilloch Rock Choir, to the dancing displays, sheep shearing, trade stalls and children's games, a magic show at the crowning of this year's Gala Queen, there will be something for everyone not forgetting the Grand Parade of Livestock and presentation of prizes. The official gala parade leaves Main Street, Torrance, at 11.15am, led by the Pipe Band. For further information on the show, 
and to view the full programme of events, visit www.campseyshow.co.uk A temporary order will be in place in the day to limit the speed on Torrance Road to 30 miles per hour between its junctions with Torrance Roundabout and Kelvin Bridge Roundabout, 7am to 9pm. Year of Stories Shaped Narrative Across Scotland Report by Julie Curry Young people from across Scotland have been asked to take inspiration from over 5,000 years of Scotland's history as part of the Year of Stories. Historic Environmental Scotland, HES, hopes to inspire young storytellers across the country through heritage as part of a If These Walls Could Talk project, which was launched on Wednesday. Young people aged 8 to 12 will be asked to tell a tale that features a historic Scotland site in English or Gaelic through spoken or written storytelling by submitting a 150 to 300 word story or two minute video by Friday, June 24th. All participants will be entered into a prize draw where there will be a range of prizes up for grabs including a historic Scotland family membership for one year, a seven day family explorer pass, Book bundles and writing kits, a signed set of Chrissy the Cowl How to Train Your Dragon books, a one hour storytelling session for a school or library, and tickets for the storytelling festival in October for a school class. HES has partnered with Scottish Book Trust and the Scottish Storytelling Forum to deliver the project and will engage with local schools and youth organisations to encourage as many young people to take part as possible. Alex Patterson, HES Chief Executive, said, Our historic houses, castles and abbeys have been linked to stories throughout history and I look forward to finding out how they continue to inspire young people today. In addition to a range of fantastic prizes, the voices of young people up and down the country will be celebrated through a showreel to highlight their diverse and creative tales, providing an opportunity for their perspectives to be featured and showcased. The entrance can use various historic sites throughout the country for inspiration, including Edinburgh Castle, Fort George, the 18th century fortification in the Highlands, which was built in the wake of the Battle of Culloden, and Hermitage Castle in the Borders, which was visited by Mary Queen of Scots in 1566, as well as sites such as Scarabray and Orkney, which date back to the Neolithic period. Mark Lambert, CEO of Scottish Book Trust, said, we hope that many young people will, continue, will be encouraged to share their different experiences and shape the narrative of our country. We look forward to reading the Year of Stories submissions and learning about young writers' favourite spots in Scotland. A showreel featuring some of the most inspiring entries will be created and shared over HES social media channels and websites. Miriam Morris Communications and Development Offer for the Scottish Storytelling Forum said Storytelling is one of Scotland's oldest traditional art forms. This is the perfect opportunity to celebrate the history around us. We're looking forward to seeing and hearing all the stories that come in. To enter, visit hes.scot slash these hyphen walls Spotlight on Stories Led by Visit Scotland the Year of Stories will be celebrating the communities across Scotland throughout the remainder of this year. It aims to spotlight and promote the wealth of stories inspired by, written or created in Scotland. 
From icons of literature to local tales, the year encourages locals and visitors to experience a diversity of voices, take part in events and explore places, people and culture connected to our stories, past and present. Scotland's themed years have been running since 2009 to celebrate a particular side to Scotland that deserves recognition. To find out more, visit www.visitscotland.com slash about slash the med years slash stories. £50 million pot to help us cover costs of energy. Report by Julie Curry. Millions of households across the UK will benefit from a new £15 billion package of targeted government support to help with the rising cost of living. Chancellor Rishi Sunak announced that the energy bill's discount will be doubled from £200 to £400 in October and the requirement to pay it back scrapped. A one-off £650 payment will also be made to more than 8 million low-income households on universal credit, tax credits, pension credits and legacy benefits. And there will be separate one-off payments of £300 to pensioner households and £150 to individuals receiving disability benefits, groups most vulnerable to rising prices. The new cost of living support package will mean that almost all of the 8 million most vulnerable households in the UK will receive at least £1,200 of extra support this year, including the £150 council tax rebate that many families received last month, which equates to the average energy price cap rise over this year. To ensure that the support for everyone who needs it, Mr Sunak also announced a £500 million increase for the Household Support Fund delivered by local authorities, extending it from October until March 2023. This brings the total Household Support Fund to £1.5 billion. To help pay for the extra support, which takes the total direct, takes the total direct government cost of living support to £37 billion, the Chancellor said a new temporary 25% energy profits levy will be introduced for oil and gas companies, reflecting their extraordinary profits. Mr Sunak said, We know that people are facing challenges with the cost of living, and this is why I'm stepping in with further support to help with the rising energy bills. We have a collective responsibility to help those who are paying the highest price for the high inflation we face. That is why I'm targeting this significant support to millions of the most vulnerable people in our society. I said we would stand by people, and that is what this support does today. It is also right that those companies making extraordinary profits on the back of record global and oil prices contribute towards this. That's why I'm introducing a temporary energy profits levy to help pay for this unprecedented support. And that report was by Julie Carey. The best, bar none? Scotland's longest running licensed trade awards has launched its search to find the country's best bars. The Scottish Bar and Pub Awards is on the hunt to seek out the best of Scottish hospitality. Nominations are now open for all categories, including venues crafting inventive cocktails, perfect pints or delivering exceptional service, from John O'Groats to Gretna. Local pubs will battle it out to win in the 18 categories, including Whiskey Bar of the Year, Dog Friendly Pub of the Year, Best Live Music Venue, Innovative Cocktail Bar of the Year, a new bar of the year. Organiser Susan Young said, Our awards commend charismatic individuals and incredible venues 
and make up Scotland's unparalleled hospitality landscape. But they need your help to vote for them by June the 30th. Visit scottishbarandpubawars.com to vote for your favourite hostelry. Take your time to enjoy every mile on our roads. Report by Julie Curry. Bikers from Evolution Women's Motorcycle Club declared action on the latest film for motorcycle safety campaign, Live Fast, Die Old. Part of the breathtaking road series, the new film highlights the thrill of riding while also reminding motorcyclists to enjoy Scotland's roads safely. Shot in the Isle of Skye, the film uses striking slow-mo footage to highlight the importance of considering the entire picture and every potential hazard before overtaking. It urges motorcyclists to explain Scotland's roads to take your time to take it all in. Despite accounting for less than 1% of all road traffic, in 2020 there were 418 reported motorcyclist casualties on Scotland's roads. Of these, 16 were fatalities, 17% of all road deaths, and 242 resulted in serious injury. Loss of control is the most common factor, involving 19% of all accidents. Bends and overtaking are among the riskiest manoeuvres, with bends being a factor in 22% of all reported injury accidents and overtaking in 10%. The campaign is backed by the Scottish Government and Road Safety Scotland. Minister for Transport, Jenny Goldruth, said, The Live Fast Die Old campaign celebrates biking, but we know motorcyclists face significant risks on our roads and we want to ensure they practice safe riding habits especially when overtaking and going round bends, which can be particularly risky manoeuvres. I urge any motorcyclists exploring Scotland's breathtaking roads this season to take their time, adjust their speed and consider their surroundings before overtaking. Enjoy the ride, but get home in one piece. The new film coincides with Police Scotland's motorcycle safety campaign. A biker, Deputy Head of Road Policing Superintendent Stuart Mackey, said... My plea to other riders is a straightforward one. Get home safe. I have bitter experience of attending fatal collisions over the years. I understand the pleasure of being on a bike and exploring Scotland, but there's nothing more important than returning home to know your to your loved ones safe and well. Campaign posters will be displayed at key locations, including petrol stations, garages and cafes, along Scotland's most popular biker routes. And that report was by Julie Curry, helping to deal with the impact of loss. Grief affects us all at one time or another, in our lives, whether it be due to the death of a loved one or some other form of loss. It is a normal emotion we feel as a response to loss, says Claire Collins, a bereavement coordinator with Marie Curie, www.mariecurie.org.uk. Throughout our lives, we experience many different types of loss, such as relationship breakdowns, redundancy, financial, health and the death of a loved one. These losses can often lead to a further series of losses. What are the common symptoms of grief? Many symptoms of grief can be experienced after the loss of a loved one, says Claire. The emotional responses include shock, numbness, denial, isolation, loneliness, sadness, anger, despair, emptiness, helplessness, fear and anxiety. We cannot see these emotions but there may be more obvious physical symptoms 
such as disrupted sleep, sleeping more or inability to sleep, loss of appetite, tearfulness, lethargy, panic attacks, increased susceptibility to colds and illnesses. These responses to loss are normal and do not last forever. Our social context can also be affected as social circles may change. Finances and housing may be impacted by the loss. Spiritually, we may experience a crisis in faith or a struggle to find meaning, both a meaning in life and a meaning in death. Does everyone experience grief in the same way? No is the answer, says Claire. Grief is completely unique to each individual. Everyone grieves differently, even within one family or a couple, a fact that can have an impact on relationships. There is no right way or wrong way to grieve, no set pattern and no set time frame. Its symptoms change as we learn to live without the person who has died. Sometimes grief can be complicated due to historical losses, difficult relationships with the deceased, or the circumstances of the death, for example sudden death, death after a long illness, suicide or murder. Migration and leaving behind their country of origin can also involve the losses of family and friends, history and cultural heritage, and this can impact on our grieving process. What are the common stages of grief? Much has been written about the stages or tasks of grief by researchers such as Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Colin Murray-Parks and J. William Warden, says Claire. They speak about how the loss of a loved one is often followed by feelings of shock, denial and numbness, which can move into an acceptance of the loss as we get back into life's daily activities, such as work, social circles, and meeting new people. Life gradually becomes fuller, and we're able to think fondly about our loved ones without being overwhelmed by grief. What are the common misconceptions about grief? People sometimes feel that the bereaved should be over it or moving on after a few weeks or months, but there is no set time for grieving, says Claire. There is no magic wand that can take the pain away. It takes time and we can feel as if we are literally going mad with grief. This is normal. People experience grief in their own unique way. Adults and children. Men and women. And it is also important that we acknowledge everyone's grief, including people with learning disabilities or sufferers of dementia. Further information is available from the Palliative Care of People with Learning Disabilities Network at www.pcpld.org Have you tips for someone experiencing grief? When you're experiencing a bereavement, it is important you look after yourself and eat regularly, says Claire. Try to get out and take some physical exercise if you can. Also, try to make some space and time for yourself and to remember your loved one. Plus, remember grieving is normal Give yourself time as your grief will change. If you are struggling to cope with your feelings, seek further help. Talk to your GP or friends and family. You could feel assistance for you if needed. What are the main differences between grief and depression? The symptoms of grief mentioned above may be similar to those of depression, says Claire. However, depression usually results in a more constant state, whereas grieving is triggered by memories or Reminiscent reminders of a loved one. There are good days and bad days when we are grieving and eventually these bad days can become bad moments. Queen Elizabeth Platinum Jubilee 1952-2022 to 2022. 
Grateful Nation celebrates 70 years of service. It is a milestone like no other, as on February the 6th this year, Queen Elizabeth II became the first British monarch to celebrate a platinum jubilee. To mark this unprecedented anniversary, events and initiatives have taken place throughout the year and will culminate in a four-day UK bank holiday celebration weekend from Thursday June the 2nd to Sunday June the 5th. The special extended bank holiday weekend will provide an opportunity for communities and people throughout the United Kingdom to come together to celebrate this historic milestone. The four days of celebrations will include public events and community activities as well as national moments of reflection on the Queen's 70 years of service. The Queen's birthday parade, dripping the colour. There will be more than 1,400 parading soldiers, 200 horses and 400 musicians who will come together in a traditional parade to mark the Queen's official birthday, usually held on the second Saturday in June. Beginning at Buckingham Palace, the parade will move down the mall to Horsegate Guards Parade, joined by members of the royal family on horseback and in carriages. The parade will close with the traditional Arigay flypass, watched by the Queen and members of the royal family from the Buckingham Palace balcony. Service of Thanksgiving A service of Thanksgiving for the Queen's reign will be held at St Paul's Cathedral on Friday, June 3rd. Platinum Jubilee Beacons The United Kingdom's long tradition of celebrating royal jubilees, weddings and coronations with the lighting of beacons will continue for the Platinum Jubilee. A beacon chain, once used as a tool for communication, has now become a symbol of unity across towns, borders, countries and continents and is often the central point of focus for any outdoor gathering or celebration. In 1897, Beacons were lit to celebrate Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee. In 1977, 2002 and 2012, Beacons commemorated the Silver, Golden and Diamond Jubilees of the Queen and in 2016 Her Majesty's 90th birthday. There are three kinds of beacon events. Community beacons. Thousands of beacons will be lit by communities, charities and different groups throughout the regions of the UK, Channel Islands, Isle of Man and UK Overseas Territories. Commonwealth Beacons Beacons will be lit in all capital cities of the Commonwealth, 54 in total. Principal Beacon to be lit on the 2nd of June in a special ceremony at Buckingham Palace. Find out more by visiting www.queensjubileebeacons.com website. Let's talk. This week's letters page if you have any letters, please send them via email to kirkyherald at jnscotland.co.uk That's K-I-R-K-Y-H-E-R-A-L-D at sign J-N-S-C-O-T-L-A-N-D dot C-O dot U-K As a nation, what has the UK become? Sir, I'm sick and tired of these hypocrites who'd scream socialism like the worst reflective Americans the moment this British government adopts any measures designed to alleviate the condition of the financially less fortunate members of society. At the same time, they insist the supposed solution to our ills is cuts in direct taxation, which, surprise surprise, just happens to affect mostly the better off. In other words, they want socialism too, just the sort that lines their pockets instead. 
Their platitudes of freedom and fiscal responsibility mask the appalling selfishness of a generation which long ago swapped the Union Jack for I'm alright Jack. In Jubilee Week, it is long overdue that some took a long hard look at what sort of nation we've become, especially as a nation we've done so much to copy in the last four decades. The USA has become the world's greatest basket case where school shootings are now the routine result of a broken society. Yours etc. Mark Boyle Address supplied Surely SNP will not dare to raise taxes? Sir, I'm grateful government spending per head in Scotland is greater than in England. In an ideal world we should all be equal, of course, but as this is our favour in our favour, then let's enjoy it. However, with a projected deficit in Scotland's finances, we might be forced to live in a level closer to that in England. Of course, the impact of this can be minimised by cutting your spending or by raising taxes, or both. The latter surely cannot be an option here, given the SNP's mocking of the Chancellor for raising taxes when the cost of living is hurting. So, will Scottish Finance Secretary Kate Forbes save us from this option? She has always suggested she has all the answers. That might soon be put to the test. Yours etc. Ken Curry by email. Courage of running our own affairs. Sir, the Institute of Fiscal Studies guesstimates of the £3.5 billion Scottish budget deficit by 2026-27 should be seen in the light of the £1 billion a year cost of helping those suffering the most from the cost of living crisis caused by failed UK government policies on Brexit Covid and the energy supply. £4.5 billion of Rishi Sunak's windfall tax comes from Scotland's North Sea, but is still less than the, the normally regularly taxes at oil and gas companies without any drop in investment. Last week, Brent crude oil price was over $117 a barrel for a commodity many prominent unionist experts told us in 2014 would be worthless by now. Those better together experts also promised us lower energy bills if we stayed in the UK. With Scotland's vast natural resources and renewable energy potential, rather than facing years of austerity as part of the UK, we should have the courage of running our own affairs and aspire to emulate the much higher standards of living, including much better pensions, enjoyed by Denmark, Norway, Finland and Ireland, as similar sized independent Northern European countries. Yours etc. Fraser Grant by email. Putin forces have lost all restraints. Sir, I find it extremely difficult to witness the situation unfolding in Ukraine as it plays out in front of our eyes, thanks to 21st century communication systems sending us images and minute by minute updates on the devastation and sheer brutality being inflicted on civilians by Russian troops. More than 30 leading legal scholars and genocide experts have sent a report accusing the Russian state of violating several articles of the UN Genocide Convention. Mass killings of civilians appear to be directed by Russians, top officials, who use dehumanising language to describe Ukrainian as bestial and filth. When an army is encouraged to pursue civilians in those terms, all restraints on moral, humane behaviour are cast aside and they become a murderous force. The Russian troops have also caused the destruction of severe damage to 250 museums and institutions in Ukraine and have been accused of theft from an estimated 2,000 artworks. 
Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has accused Western countries of waging a total war on Russia and its people and culture. This is a classic example of projection, which allows the perpetrator to claim the moral high ground, despite all evidence to the contrary. Yours etc. Caroline Taylor, address supplied. Young Scott Card, a ticket to visit for £1. Report by Julie Curry. Young Scott National Entitlement Card holders are being given access to over 600 historic sites across the country for only £1. The initiative encourages young people to get out and explore many of the historic sites Scotland has to offer. Historic Environment Scotland, the National Trust for Scotland and Historic Houses Scotland decided to relaunch the campaign, originally introduced in 2018, which has saved young people hundreds of thousands of pounds in entry fees. Philip Long, NTS Chief Executive, said, The last two years have been a challenging time for all of us, and exploration of the beautiful places Scotland has to offer was a cherished respite. Now that we are largely free from restrictions, we hope to welcome more people back to our sites and encourage young people with a young Scott card to get out there and explore the wealth of places available to them across the country. Since 2018, we've seen many young people at our sites reaping the benefits of the reduced £1 entry, and we look forward to welcoming many more in the coming months. The initiative was welcomed by Young Scott Chief Executive Kirsten Urquhart. She said, Young Scott is delighted to be continuing the partnership, supporting young people to access Scotland's remarkable historic sites using their free Young Scott National Entitlement Card. And if they're under 22 years old, they're also eligible for free nationwide bus travel using their card, making it even easier to enjoy the hundreds of historic sites Scotland offers. Young Scott cardholders aged 11 to 25 will be able to access more than 600 sites across the country. Alex Patterson, HES Chief Executive, said, I would like to encourage Scotland's young people to take advantage of this initiative and explore some of our much-loved heritage attractions, from castles to cairns, and enjoy a rich and diverse historic environment. To apply for an entitlement card, visit young.scott slash the hyphen scott young hyphen scott hyphen card for a full list of participating properties visit nts.org.uk www.historicenvironments.scot or historichouses.org and that report was by Julie Curry Students need to get finances in order now Students in Scotland are being urged to ensure they have the right documents to hand when applying for their funding. The Student Awards Agency Scotland, SAES, is now accepting applications for funding from students who are enrolling in a college or university course in 2022-2023. If students apply for fees, bursaries or loans now and before the June 30th, funding will be in place for the start of the new term. However, SAES has emphasised the importance of submitting the correct documentation and then required evidence to allow them to progress the applications. Lauren McNamara, SAES Interim Chief Executive, said, SAES is open for 2022-23 applications, and students should apply now. This will guarantee their money will be in place for the start of their courses. To make the application process easier, just make sure you have the necessary paperwork ready before you apply. A full list of what you might need is on the SAES website. 
Students do not need to wait for exam results or an unconditional offer before applying. Those details can easily be updated at a later date. It's more important for students to apply now with the right documents to secure their funding. A range of student financial packages are available. There's particular support for care experienced students, those with disabilities, students who have children or adult dependents, and young students. Students must complete an online application form at www.saes.gov.uk. The hints and tips section gives answers to the most frequently asked questions. Teenage Boys Mental Health Tackled Scottish charity Brothers in Arms, BIA, has teamed up with mental health care provider Thrive Mental Wellbeing to tackle mental health issues amongst teenage boys in Scotland. The charity, dedicated to preventing male suicide in Scotland, is offering boys aged 14 and older free access to its wellbeing app from May the 31st. It's estimated that one in four Scots suffer from mental health issues. However, a recent report found young adults suffered from the highest levels of mental distress. Figures also show that one in three children and young people were turned away from specialist mental health services during the pandemic. Brothers in Arms wanted to play a part in supporting and educating the country's young boys. On May 31st, in partnership with Thrive Mental Wellbeing, it launched a version of its mental health app tailored for teen boys. The app provides evidence-based techniques and content designed to build resilience, manage worries and help teens to understand their thoughts and feelings. Dan Proverbs, the charity CEO, said, Our strategy has always been about prevention. Unsurprisingly, we saw a big increase in the 18 to 24-year-old male users of our app during the pandemic. It occurred to me that if we could reach them earlier and encourage them to proactively look after their mental well-being, then we could make even more of a difference to the high rates of male suicide in Scotland. We need the support of parents and guardians to help us with the delivery of the app for it to make the difference. For more, visit www.brothersinarmsscotland.co.uk slash support slash for hyphen boys. Lessons to learn from pandemic. Report by Julie Curry. The Scottish COVID-19 inquiry will carry out a fair, open and thorough investigation to establish what lessons should be learned from the strategic response to the pandemic. Lady Poole, chair of the inquiry, said that we'll make recommendations to ensure Scotland is better prepared for the future. A new, dedicated website has also been launched, explaining how the inquiry team will carry out its investigations. It includes a section where the latest progress and developments will be detailed. It can be found at www.covid19inquiry.scot. Lady Poole said, In Scotland, all of us have been affected by the pandemic, and the measures taken to handle it. The suffering and the hardship experienced by many across the country has been unprecedented. COVID-19 has left loss, heartbreak and tragedy in its wake. I want to express my condolences to all those who have suffered, particularly to those who have lost people they love. People have legitimate questions about the handling of the pandemic in Scotland. This inquiry has been set up to provide answers. My role as chair is to investigate aspects of the devolved response to the pandemic in Scotland and report about the lessons learned.
The inquiry will not shy away from making findings where wrong decisions were made, or where the response was inadequate or fell short. Before setting up the inquiry, Scottish ministers consulted on its terms of reference. It lists 12 areas for investigation, covering aspects of health, education and financial support. Lady Poole said, We are an independent inquiry and will carry out a fair, open and thorough investigation. The terms of reference do not attempt to present a definitive list of every issue or person the inquiry will consider. Instead, they specify areas of investigation. The inquiry will interpret them to ensure particular groups or themes are not excluded. The inquiry is currently recruiting a team and putting in place premises. Ahead of its investigation stage, Lady Poole added, We want the inquiry to lead to Scotland being better prepared if something like this were ever to happen again. And that report was by Julie Curry. Look out, look up, look after yourself. Farmers have been given the heads up to check for overhead power lines with this year's look out, look up, look after yourself safety drive. In the last 12 months, Scottish and Southern Electricity Networks has seen a further reduction in the number of non-injury events in farms and fields across its network, with 853 in 2021 compared to 865 in 2020 and 910 in 2019. While these figures are trending in the right direction, SSEN is keen to reach as many farmers and agricultural contractors as possible and reduce it even further. Peter Vujanic, SSEN's Head of Safety, said, Our campaign is about giving farmers a quick heads up, which could save lives and prevent life-changing injuries. We are proud to describe this campaign as informed by farmers for farmers, as our work with the agricultural community has helped shape the campaign rollout. District News General Get involved in forestry. A new Scottish Junior Forester Award has been launched with the aim of giving children and young people an insight into a career in forestry. Aimed at 4 to 14-year-olds, the new award will equip young people with theory and practical skills so that they can help manage woodlands in their schools or communities. Scottish Forestry has worked in partnership with the Royal Forestry Society and John Muir Trust to develop the award. Chief Forester for Scotland, Dr Helen Mackay, joined pupils from Royal Douglas Memorial Primary School to launch the award. Go to anfs.org.uk slash learning slash skills hyphen and hyphen outdoor hyphen ed hyphen junior hyphen forester hyphen award slash schools hyphen edition hyphen junior hyphen forester hyphen award Hollywood View The goal is fair free transport for all Ross Greer MSP More than 4,500 young people across Eastern Bartonshire now have a card in their pocket which gives them free bus travel across Scotland Just a few years ago this was an idea I took to the Scottish Greens parties annual conference and now we have been able to deliver it for every young person across Scotland. This is the sort of bold step forward that Scotland needs for the sake of our young people, family budgets and the climate. With the cost of living crisis now really starting to bite, I am glad that the Greens have been in a position to offer some help through schemes like this. These bus passes are already a lifeline for many young workers and carers, as well as students and others. To access free bus travel, you 
you just need a new national entitlement, Young Scott card. Anyone from 5 to 21 who still hasn't signed up can do so at any time on freebus.scot and I strongly encourage them to do so. Under 16s will need an adult to apply for them. You'll need to provide a scan of ID and a proof of address as well as a photograph that can be used for the card. If you can't sign up online or can't provide proof, the council can help. Email them on customer services at easternbarton.gov.uk Buses are a vital part of our effort to reduce pollution and inequality and to recover from the pandemic. Free travel for under 22s is one step in a longer journey to make bus network work for people and the planet. Another is bringing buses back into the public ownership so they are not operated in order to maximise the profits of a private company. We're also taking steps towards this by setting up a new fund to support councils who want to look into running their own local bus services. The Greens want to see fare-free public transport for all eventually, as is the case in Estonia and Luxembourg. It's achievable, but we recognise that it's an ambitious goal. Right now though, we also want to see more investment in the services we already have. Buses should be clean, green, accessible and operate on a timetable which meets the needs of local communities. That must also must mean improving bus stops to provide live timetables and shelters to ensure that those waiting can stay safe and dry, even in challenging weather. Have a cup of tea for charity. The end of life charity Marie Curie is calling on people across Scotland to throw a blooming great tea party in June and July to help fund vital care and support for those living with a terminal illness and their families. The charity's fundraising appeal is a piece of cake. Simply set a date to host a tea party and invite family, friends or colleagues to tuck into a delectable treat and catch up over a cuppa. Every penny raised from a blooming great tea party will go towards ensuring more people have access to the care and support they need at the end of life. To find out more about Marie Curie's blooming great tea party, please visit mariecurie.org.uk slash teaparty. Eat well, play well. The Scottish FA and Marks and Spencer's Food have announced a new partnership that will use the power of football to help families make healthier eating choices as part of M&S's Food Eat Well, Play Well campaign. In a first-of-its-kind partnership, the multi-year deal sees M&S Food, the Scottish FA and the Scotland national teams shine a light on what players eat to help inspire families to eat healthier. By using the influence of Scottish footballing heroes, the partners aim not only to make healthcare eating choices easier, but show that, that healthy and balanced food can be fun and tasty. Dozens turn out to enjoy Campsie Mayfest magic. Local families flocked to this year's Campsie Mayfest, which returned with a full programme of events and raised a record amount for charity. There were free music concerts, and art exhibition and workshops for all ages. As always, Milton of Campsie Village Hall Trust, which is a registered charity, provided the hall free for Campsie Festival's Association Celebration of the Arts. Coordinator Dr John Hinton said public donations in the aid of Hall Trust exceeded £1,000, which was a record amount. The festival kicked off with the Mayfest Campsie Countryside Walk led by Neil Kitchener of Strathkelvin Ramblers.
On their arrival at the restored Milton of Campsie railway station, the walkers were greeted with Scottish folk music provided by Campsie folk players and refreshments donated by the Fells Coffee House. Thanks are due to Siegland Butcher and Elk Hinton for organising an exciting exhibition of original art. Andrew Gregg, Village Hall trustee, gave the festival opening speech while delightful music was provided by Campsy Scottish folk players. A number of pictures were sold and the favourite painting prize was won by Shannon Meachin for her depiction of Lennox Castle Ruin. Four concerts catered for many musical tastes. These were Songs Through the Ages by the Lydia De Rosa singers, Pop Rock by Factor Forte, who got people dancing, Great Swing from Aubrey Jebber's Sound of Jazz, and, to finish, The Whistle Binkies with Superb Celtic Folk to a Full House. Dr Hinton said, These fine performers are all thanked very much. Children and adults enjoyed the creative story writing workshop run by author Claire Miller and the inventive art workshop given by Scottish artist Mark Mulholland. Dr Hinton said, The Young Folk on Stage show was again organised by Michael Boyle, to whom special thanks for 30 children coming forward. Kenwell's gift of fine certificates for performances was much appreciated. Many thanks to those who helped with the refreshments, door duty, and dealing with the stage, furniture, lighting and sound system. Advertising work by the CFA social media team was much appreciated, notably from Rona Boyle for extensive social media postings, Penny Bowe's fine website and poster designs, and for Helen Capellian's ticketing setup. Thanks to all who dealt with posters and flyers, the Kirkintilloch Herald for articles and Milton of Campsie Community Council for distributing the Mayfest programme in their newsletter. Campsie Festival's association was successful in grant applications to cover the cost of contributors and materials. Thanks are due to CFA Treasurer Neil Simpson, who obtained essential awards from the Community Remobilisation Fund, the Co-op Local Community Fund and Eastern Bartonshire Arts Council. To find out more information on the annual Campsie Mayfest, visit the organisation's dedicated website online at www.campsiefest.org.uk Public Notices Read by Corrie Planning Notices Eastern Bartonshire Council Planning Notices The Eastern Bartonshire Council, brackets Dalkeith Avenue, Wellington Road and Wester Hill Road, Bishop Riggs. No waiting and no loading at any time restrictions. Order 2022. On the 23rd of May 2022, the Eastern Bartonshire Council made an order under the Road Traffic Regulations Act of 1984, which comes into operation on Monday the 11th of July 2022. The proposed order was advertised in the Bishopriggs Herald that was published on the 12th of February 2020. The main effect of the order would be the introduction of no waiting and no loading at any time restrictions on sections of Dalkeith Avenue, Wellington Road and Westerhill Road, Bishop Riggs. Copy of the order and plans detailing the lengths of road affected may be examined without payment of fee in the roads section of the Eastern Bartonshire Council website. 
any person wishing to question the validity of the order or any provision therein on grounds that the order is not within the powers confined by the Road Traffic Regulations Act of 1984 or on the grounds that any requirement of that act or of any relevant regulation made thereunder has not been complied with or in relation to the order may, within six weeks from the 23rd of May 2022, make application to the Court of Session for this purpose. Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Executive Officer, Eastern Barnshire Council Headquarters, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintullock, G66, 1TJ. The Eastern Barnshire Council, Townhead, Kirkintullock. No waiting at any time restrictions. Order 2022. On the 23rd of May 2022, the Eastern Barnshire Council made an order under the Road Traffic Regulations Act 1984, which comes into operation on Monday the 11th of July 2022. The proposed order was advertised in the Kirkintilloch Herald that was published on the 19th of February 2020. The main effect of the order would be the introduction of no waiting at any time restrictions on Town Head. Kirkintilloch from a point 13 metres or thereby northwest of the extended northwest kerb line of Willow Bank. Gardens northwestwards for a distance of 22 metres or thereby amending an existing order as required. A copy of the order and plans detailing the lengths of road affected may be examined without payment of fee in the road section of the Eastern Barnshire Council website. Any person wishing to question the validity of the order or any provisions therein on grounds that the order is not within the powers conferred by the Road Traffic Regulations Act 1984 or on the grounds that any requirement of the Act or of any relevant regulation made thereunder has not been compiled within relation to the order may, within six weeks from the 23rd of May 2022, make application to the Court of Session for this purpose. Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Executive Officer, Eastern Barnshire Council Headquarters, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkton Talk, G66 1TJ. Planning Applications Format Application Number Address slash location, proposal, type of advert, period of reps. TP slash ED slash 22 slash 0351. Greencroft, 3 Belmaldi Road, Bishop Briggs, Eastern Bartonshire, G64 3BS. Erection of wraparound extension and new rear dormer. Erection of relocated double garage with ancillary accommodation above. Section 65. Affecting CA. 21 days. TP ED. 
0347. Beechwood, 1 Grove Park, Lindsay, Eastern Bartonshire, G66 5AH. Replacement windows, section 65, affecting CA 21 days. The application plans and other documents can be viewed online through the Council's website. The current restrictions on non-essential office work associated with the coronavirus pandemic means that plans cannot be viewed in Council offices as normal. Written comments may be made within the above period to the Council through the Council's website or to the above address. Any representations will be treated as public documents and made available for inspection by interested parties and may also be published on the Council website. Clear Hoping to Shine Again An article written by Ian McLean Glasgow City will end the season without a trophy for the first time since 2005 after their extra time defeat by Celtic in Sunday's Women's Scottish Cup final at Tyne Castle. The Peters Hill based side were looking to the Cup as consolation after their 14-year reign as Scottish champions was ended by Rangers. But despite having a player sent off just before half-time, Celtic went home with the Cup after a 3-2 victory. The impact of the old firm's additional investment in the women's game has had a huge impact on City, who also lost to Celtic in the League Cup final in December. At Tyne Castle, they twice came back to level in the first half, thanks to Jenna Clark and Lauren Davidson. From penalty, Jodie Bartle was red-carded for conceding. Cancelling out goals by Shen Mengu and Charlie Wellings. But they couldn't make their numerical advantage count, and Izzy Atkinson grabbed the dramatic winner for Celtic in the closing stages of extra time. City now face a regrouping to meet the old firm challenge, and one player earmarked for a key role is Claire Shrine, who has signed a one-year contract extension to keep her at the club till the summer of 2023. The 27-year-old Republic of Ireland international became City's 25th centurion when she made her 100th appearance for the club in Sunday's final and has netted 67 times during her two spells at the club. Shine will also continue with her role in the Glasgow City Foundation as a project coordinator, which has seen her visit to schools and communities. As part of the Comms World Connecting Championships to Schools programme, Shine has chatted to a whole range of pupils about what it is like in the day of the life of a professional footballer. She recently had the honour of opening a brand new pitch at Hillhead Primary School in Kirkintilloch. Shine said... Quote, I'm delighted to sign an extension with Glasgow City. I'm really looking forward to what's to come for the club. End quote. Head coach Aileen Gleeson added, quote, Claire has been a part of many special moments with Glasgow City and brings a wealth of experience as a leader both on and off the pitch. That article written by Ian McLean. Rosville boss and coaching team, Quit. 
Rosvale are looking for their fourth manager in less than a year after the departure this week of James Sandislands and his coaching team. The club announced that the coaching team had decided to step down from their positions with immediate effect. Quote, due to a change in circumstances within our club. End quote. The statement continued, quote, We would like to thank them for bringing back professionalism to our club and wish them success in their future football endeavours. Sandis Lands only took over the manager's job at the Bishopriggs Club last November, after previous boss Ian Diak and assistant Kevin Coyle left by mutual agreement following a disappointing run for the results culminating with a 5-1 defeat by Ben Burb. Dyak himself had only taken over in July, after David Gormley left to join Lowland League side Broomhill. Rossville were relegated from the West of Scotland Football League Premiership at the end of the season. Sports Digest Read by Corey Football Rob Roy Kirkintilloch Rob Roy midfielder Dean Cairns has signed a new deal keeping him at the club for the next two years. The former Airdrie, East Kilbride and Linlithgow Rose player has extended his contract up to the end of the 2023-24 season. The club posted, quote, Dean has become a fan favourite during his time with us and everyone is delighted that he sees his future with Rob Roy. End quote. Speedway. Tigers. Glasgow Tigers got back to winning ways in the Speedway GB Championship with a 48-42 victory at Berwick Bandits on Saturday night. Tiger boss Cammy Brown has challenged his players to make up for the disappointment of drawing at home to pole pirates in their previous match. Golf Scottish Crowwood Golf Club's Linda McKay booked her spot in this year's Scottish Medal Grand Final at Royal Burgess. She was among the 12 players, 6 male and 6 female, to qualify for the recent medal finals West at Lanark Golf Club and will join Haston Golf Club's Anne Armstrong, who came through a previous qualifier. Balmore Balmore's golf club's James Wilson finished tied for 39th at last week's Cube Funder Shootout, the opening event of this year's PGA Euro Pro Tour at Harleyford Golf Club in Marlow. Wilson carded rounds of 72, 71 and 73 for a three-round level par total of 216. Balmore club mate Chris McLean was also in the field, but missed the cut for the final day after rounds of 76 and 73. Hearstains win Lindsay Cup for first time. Hearstains Primary School defied the odds to win this year's Jim McNairn Trophy, the popular annual football tournament organised by Lindsay Youth Club for local primary schools. The event took place at the Astro facility in Lindsay Academy last week, when teams from 15 schools converged to battle it out for the trophy. 
and despite being one of the smallest schools participating, it was Hearstains who won the trophy. Now in its 38th year for the first time. Despite the poor weather and an unforgiving accident to one of the young Holy Family players who broke his ankle and could not be moved until an ambulance arrived, reducing the amount of pitches available for use. The festival was completed and enjoyed by the 15 teams. After the section games, the event was split in two. In the A section, six teams took part. Holy Family, Lairdsland, Lindsay Meadow, St Helens, Hearstains and Gart Corner. After the playoff, Hearstains won the Jim McNair Trophy by a one-goal margin from Gart Corner. In Section B, Elmville picked up the Kirky Miners Trophy, narrowly beating Holy Family 2. St Helens picked up the two individual trophies, Player of the Tournament for Leo Blair and the award for Top Goalkeeper, which went to Caden O'Hara. Organiser Ian Stevenson said, quote, Lindsay After School Club would like to thank Lindsay Academy for the use of their facilities. Main sponsor, Lindsay Community Council, Donnie Brooks for arranging the referees, Joe, Jim and Jim, and all the schools that took part. Thank you for listening to this week's Kirkland Tillard Herald podcast. Brought to you by Q and Review, print speaking to the blind. If you have any feedback, you're welcome to call us on 0141 772 3976. If you enjoyed this recording, feel free to subscribe to our channel.